0: I'd ask you to stand tonight as you turn your Bibles with me to John in chapter number 6. John in chapter number 6. And we'll go to the end of the chapter tonight. John in chapter number 6. It's been good to be here already tonight. Amen. I've heard Brother Broadus preach many times, but never have I heard him preach any better than tonight. Appreciate that powerful message from Brother Broadus. John chapter number 6. Let's read verse number 66 and verse number 67. The Bible says, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will ye also go away? Now let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we sure do thank you, Lord, for loving us. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for saving us and being so good to us. Lord, thank you, Lord, for all the behind the scene work that has gone in to put on this meeting. And dear God, it's because, Lord, we believe that there's another generation that, Lord, that desires to serve you. But, Lord, we also believe that there's some that are maybe on the outskirts tonight, Lord, just uh, ready to get in. And, Lord, we pray that you would... Allow some to surrender, Lord, that haven't surrendered already. And, Lord, tonight we ask you, Lord, again, that you would bring a holy hush upon this place. Lord, for these next few minutes, Lord, as we preach the word of God. And Dear God, Lord, as I begged and I have asked you, Lord, to be filled with the spirit of God, Lord, I'd rather be seated tonight than not have the power of God upon my life as I preach to this good group of young people. Dear God, I pray, Lord, that you do the work that only you can do. Lord, I pray, Lord, there be anybody here tonight that's lost, does not know you as their Savior. I pray that tonight would be that night of their salvation. Lord, we'll thank you for all that you do. In your precious name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. We find here in John chapter number 6 that Christ is portrayed and pictured as the Son of God. If you have a red letter edition of the Bible, most of the words in this chapter are read because they are the words of Christ. John 6 is the longest chapter in the book of John with 71 verses. We find in verse number 1 through verse number 14, it's speaking about the feeding of the 5,000. Verse number 15 through 21, it speaks about Christ as he walks on the sea. Verse 22 through 71, the Lord gives a lengthy message to his followers. John 6, 66, I believe, is one of the saddest verses in the entire Bible. To think that there were people that actually walked with the Savior of the world and for some reason quit walking with him. The Bible calls them disciples, not just people that were hanging around in the area, but actual followers of Christ. The Bible says they stopped walking with him. They went back to their houses. They went back to their families. They went back to their callings from serving Christ. The Bible is full of people that turned their backs on God. I think about Lot's wife and King Saul, Orpah, or Demas. The Bible tells us clearly that these people stopped doing what they were supposed to keeping their eyes on the Lord. And the Bible says they went another way. My heart breaks this evening as so many young people come to mind that I preach to in meetings like this. Year after year that were at one time on fire for God, now they're cold and indifferent to the things of God. At one time, young men who were once surrendered to call to preach the word of God. Now they're not even faithful to the house of God. Young ladies at one time who had a youth camp or a youth conference dedicated themselves to live clean and holy and right before God. Now some of them are hooked on dope, pregnant out of wedlock, and have gone through divorce multiple times. Young people who at one time in a meeting like this dedicated their lives Locked stock and barrel to be a part of the Lord's army. Now they're a casualty in this war. And somewhere along the way they went back to living for self instead of the Savior. They got off the trail that had been trod before them. They fell out by the way. If there's anything that I want to do this evening to be a help in this meeting is it's a challenge And compel and maybe convict some young people to not turn back from following the Lord. But just keep on following him. Perhaps there's a young person here tonight that the devil has planted the lie of hell in some of your ears. That you're not significant. But let me tell you tonight, you are significant. You are worth it. Can I say we need every young person in this room tonight. We need all the help that we can get. And can I say our hearts are broken for this nation of America that we live in. And as we've spent time seeking the face of God these last couple of weeks particularly for this meeting. Going to lonely motel rooms and burning the midnight oil and praying and doing without meals. Begging God to give us another generation of young people who will follow God and let the theme song of their life be the world is behind me. The cross before me, and I have decided to follow Jesus. And I want to preach on this subject tonight. Stay in the saddle. God, give us some young people who will stay in the saddle of keeping your eyes on Jesus. Stay in the saddle, desiring to please the Father, and taking heed to Bible preaching. Stay in the saddle of being faithful to church and letting the word of God be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. Stay in the saddle of teen soul winning and old-fashioned biblical separation and obeying your godly authority. Stay in the saddle of dressing to please the Savior instead of the opposite sex and going to the marriage altar. And tonight I want to give us a few reasons tonight from John chapter number six why some of those disciples went back and walk no more with the Savior. Look at John chapter number 6 with me. Look at John chapter number 6 with me tonight. Look at verse number 25. The Bible says, when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth in everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Jesus told that crowd, he said, you didn't seek me because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves. Can I say, first of all, some of them turned their back and walked with God no more because of their fleshly craving, because of their fleshly craving. There wasn't any spiritual intentions in, their, in this question whatsoever, but it was from a fleshly standpoint. That question had nothing to do about the Savior being in their presence, but everything to do with when the next time they were going to eat, they the multitude follow them as long As he was multiplying the fish and the bread, but when he began to give doctrine, they began to scatter, they turned their back on the Lord, and they walked no more with God. Can I say, young people, we're glad you're here, we want you to enjoy yourselves. We want you to get involved in the games and the competitions. We want you to laugh during the skits and eat the good food and tour the college. We want you to get your Bible signed and make new friends. We want you to take it all in. But a little over 36 hours, NYFC 2021 will be over. And you'll go back to your town and back to your city and back to your youth department It'll be quite a while before you go to a meeting like this with youth camp and summer youth conferences. See, it's easy to fall in line with what's going on as long as the crowd is doing it and your youth director is watching it. For many of you, NYFC is the Super Bowl of youth meetings. But if you don't watch it, you'll get so enamored with the excitement of all the activities. And when you leave here and go back to regular, ordinary, run-the-mill days... The devil will paint you a pretty picture that has more glitter and glamour than that youth department back home. You you see, the world has always been more intriguing to the flesh than following the Lord. Isaiah prophesied how the world and those who wanted nothing to follow the Lord portrayed the Savior. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, verse number one through five, the Bible says, who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He had no form nor cuddleness and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and a with grief and we hid as it were our faces from him he was despised and we esteemed him not young people can I say tonight we want you to enjoy the fun of youth conference but more importantly we want you to exalt the father with your life we're honored to preach to you as teenagers here tonight but can I say more importantly that preaching to you as teenagers we want to still be preaching to you when you're married and you have your own kids and child can I say don't fall in love with excitement fall in love with the savior amen that I say the sad reality is we've seen many who have come to meetings like this and they've sang the songs. And they've got involved with the competitions. And they've even made decisions at the altar. But then they get away from a meeting like this, and get away from the crowd and the conference and all of a sudden begin to crave those things of the flesh. If you don't watch a young person, the devil will paint a glamorous picture and convince you it's okay to go to that non-denominational so-called church down the road called the Grove or the Grapevine or the Gathering with their live bands and sensual music and larger youth groups and plant the seed in your mind that it's okay to go there because church is in its title. The devil paints a pretty picture and it'll get you away from this meeting and back in the presence of those friends that too, were too cool to come to NYMC, And convince you of those men of God preaching at the conference. And, the, and your youth directors, a bunch of old fogies. And tell you smoking one cigarette or drinking one beer or going to the parties is not going to hurt you. And after all, it's your time to live life to the fullest. Can I echo something no doubt that many of you have already heard? The devil does paint a pretty picture of living life and feeding the flesh. He is fun for a season. But a season don't last very long. He never shows the ending of living for the flesh. He doesn't show that one beer you try at the high school party always leads to more beer and a harder liquor to being a full-blown alcoholic then to walking with the Lord no more. He never shows the ending of experimenting with drugs just to have a little fun with the worldly friends. He never shows you stealing from loved ones to feed the habits that you've created in your life. He doesn't show you puking your guts out over the commode and standing in smoke-filled AA rooms and admitting your drug addiction to walking with the Lord no more to trust against some higher power of your choice. He doesn't show you that. He never shows the ending of going beyond the boundaries that have been setting your life and sneaking around with the opposite sex to feed your fleshly desires. Yeah, he shows you the beauty of that girl and the good looks of that boy, but he doesn't show you getting pregnant out of wedlock and getting on welfare to provide for yourself. And what our desire for this meeting is, is for some young people to fall in love with the Lord and make up their mind once and for all. I'm serving God, and I'm not serving the world, the flesh, or the devil anymore. Stay in the saddle, young person. Can I say some of that crowd turned their back because of their fleshly cravings? Look at John chapter 6, look at verse number 36 with me. John 6, verse number 36 But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. Oh, that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And This is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which hath given me I shall lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph? Whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? Can I say, some of that crowd turned their back and walked no more with God because of their fleshly craving? But some of that crowd saw Jesus as just a familiar citizen of that town. Can I say, the multitude showed their contempt of Christ by refusing to accept his heavenly claims and insisting that he was nothing more than a son of earthly parents, Joseph and Mary, and other scripture they said among themselves, it's not this the carpenter's son. They had gotten too familiar with the Savior. They were following the Lord as long as he was multiplying the fish and the bread. They were for the Lord as long as he was healing the blinded eyes, the deaf ears, the lame to walk. But when the Lord claimed who he was, the Son of God, who giveth eternal life, That crowd said, oh, don't pay any attention to him. That's just Joseph and Mary's son. I've got news for that crowd. Joseph and Mary were the Lord's earthly parents, but Joseph was not his father. Thank God Jesus was conceived of the Holy Ghost of God. And some of this crowd went back and walked with the Lord no more because they just saw Jesus as a familiar citizen. They lost the awe of it all. That he was the God man. There's no doubt in this crowd of young people tonight, most have seen the miracles of God's saving grace in your own life and the life of others. You've heard the testimonies that may have even experienced for yourself, God answering specific prayers in your own life. Some of you have seen the revival of fires burn in your own youth department. You've experienced the joy of serving God and going to youth camp and team soul winning. Some of you young preachers, you've sensed the touch of God in your life as you preached. and You've heard straightforward Bible preaching time and time again like you will get this week. But maybe there's a young man or a young lady or a few here tonight that the devil has blinded you and planted the seed of ingratitude in your life and the name of Jesus has just become so familiar and doesn't mean as much to you tonight as he did one time in your life. Or when you first surrendered to preach or dedicated your life to God in service. And now, instead of shedding tears during convicting Bible preaching and moving during the invitation to make decisions, your eyes have become dry and you become unmovable to the things of God. Can I say, I don't ever want to get over the fact that Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Can I say, young person, you're traveling down a hard road tonight when you travel down the road of familiarity, an ungratefulness to the Lord. Don't ever forget the fact that whether you have grown up on a church pew or lived a life of sin before you got here, we were all on our way to a devil's hell before we got saved by the grace of God. Those of you who have been afforded to grow up in a good, godly Christian home and you never had to opened up the refrigerator and saw beer cans and never uh, knew what it was to miss church on Sunday because your parents were fighting a hangover, don't ever get too familiar with the grace of God affording you that life. Those who have been given the privilege to get an education in a Christian school where the Bible is taught instead of humanistic philosophy and they teach you to put your hand over your heart and love the United States of America instead of hating the very country that has given you the freedom to worship God our Creator. Have teachers who invest in you that many times have to work side jobs like cut grass or clean houses to provide for their own families. Don't ever become ungrateful of being able to enjoy the abundance of the Christian life. Those who had a bus captain or a bus worker who knocked on your door And invited you to church. And loved you enough to tell you about Jesus. And desired to see you become faithful to the house of God. They took you to McDonald's and spent extra time on Saturdays shooting hoops or throwing the football with you in the front yard. Don't ever forget the Lord loved you enough to let your path of life cross with that bus worker. No doubt there are young people all over this building tonight where mom and dad are having a hard time making ends meet. And they couldn't afford to send you to NYFC. But some behind the scene golly layman gave money so you could be here you may never know whoever gave it, but don't ever get too familiar with the goodness of God. Amen. Can I say tonight, I don't ever want to get familiar with the fact that one day I was on a fast train to hell, but thank God the grace of God came by my way one day. I don't ever want to forget that if it were not for the grace of God, I'd be entangled in the stairs of my sin, but thank God tonight I brought smack dab in the center of God's will. I don't ever want to forget the word of God's changed my life. And instead of being a child of the devil, thank God I'm a child of the king. Thank God the blood has been applied to the doorpost of my heart. Thank God for his grace, his mercy. Thank God for justification. Amen. Thank God the Lord has given me eternal life and no man can pluck me out of the Father's hand. I don't ever want to get used to the name of Jesus. And his name just becomes so familiar. Can I say some of that crowd turned their back and walked no more with the Lord because of his fleshly cravings, for their fleshly cravings? Some saw Jesus as a familiar citizen. Third of all, look at John chapter 6. Look at John chapter 6, verse number 60 and 61. John chapter 6, verse number 60 and 61. The Bible says, many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew it himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, doth this offend you? Can I say some turn their back and walk no more with the Lord because of their fleshly cravings? Some saw Jesus as a familiar citizen. Some of that crowd couldn't handle his firm counsel. His firm counsel. We find in verse number fifty three, fifty eight, the Lord is calling himself the bread of life and said if anyone eats of his flesh and drinks of his blood can have eternal life. Some of that crowd took it literal like cannibals eating flesh and drinking blood. Jesus was not speaking literally, but symbolically that if one acknowledges the sacrificial death of his life as the finished, completed work on Calvary and trusted his shed blood for the forgiveness of sins that one could be saved and have eternal life with him one day in heaven. Some of this crowd said this is a hard saying and Jesus asked, does this offend you? That word hard doesn't mean that it was difficult to understand, but rather it shocked them. They couldn't take it. They couldn't believe this man was speaking with such authority. They saw his preaching as intolerable and impractical. Matthew chapter seven, verse number 29, the Bible says about the Lord's preaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Can I say, young person, you and I need firm counsel, amen. We need straightforward Bible preaching, amen. Preaching takes place when God's man stands up with God's word and delivers God's message to God's people with the intent to restore the fellowship between God and man. We live in the filth of this world every day. We've got to come get cleaned up by the preaching of God's word. Let me flip the switch for just a moment. Let's take the focus off the young people. Let's put the focus on some youth director. I believe young people don't nearly have a hard time in hard, straightforward Bible, in-your-face Bible preaching as some who lead youth departments have in preaching it. Can I say America was built on Bible preaching? And she'll be destroyed because of the lack thereof. When you stand before those teenagers on Sunday, you director, It's not time to be hip and cool. It's a time when you stand before the living and the dead and it's time to preach the word of God. Quit trying to be the most popular and get your teenager to fall in love with you. My friend, get him to fall in love with the Savior. When David fell into sin, he didn't need a bosom buddy, but he needed a Nathan to tell him, thou art the man. Quit conversating about the latest Hollywood movie and start lifting up the holy God of heaven. Quit being more concerned with the paycheck for the position you hold and start fulfilling your purpose and that purpose is to teach and train that young person to be more like God. You director, you only get two hours max a week with your teenagers. And the top of your conversation shouldn't be the latest UFC fight and NBA all-star but it should be a time where you stand and point them to the cross of Calvary. And the reality is we expect many decisions to be made this week by the young people. Perhaps there's a young youth director here that needs to make a decision this week to quit wasting God's time and the young people's time and get a holy desire to go back home and build a Christ-honoring youth department. And on the flip side, young person, if you do have a youth director or a pastor that preaches it straight and true, you shouldn't buck it. You should thank the Lord they love you enough to tell you the truth. I still believe there's power in old-fashioned Bible preaching. I believe there's still power to bring revival to your youth department. I believe Bible preaching still has power to call young men to preach and bring honor to your mom and dad and keep you a singing amazing grace and keep a smile on your face and keep you pure to the marriage altar. I still believe Bible preaching has power for you to live in victory instead of defeat. Can I say some of them had fleshly cravings. Some of them saw the Lord as a familiar citizen. Some of them couldn't take the firm counsel. But lastly, Look at it with me. Look at verse number 64. Look at verse number 64. The Bible says, but there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, therefore I said unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. Some of that crowd turned their back on the Savior and walked no more with them because of their fleshly cravings. Some saw Jesus as a, just a familiar citizen. Some couldn't take the firm counsel. But many, Jesus said, turned their back and walked no more with them because of their fake Christianity. There were some in that crowd that walked the walk. And they talked the talk. They even stepped out. Became a follower of Christ. They even passed on to others what they have been taught about Jesus. But because of only knowing about the Lord from the outside. And not knowing Jesus on the inside. It didn't bother them to go back to their old life and the old way of living, and walk no more with the Savior. It was because instead of being a child of God, they were of their father, the devil. Can I say, young person, if you can turn your back on if you can turn your back on Jesus and walk no more with Him? And go back to listen to that same music that you used to listen to before you claimed you got saved, and nothing bothers you, you don't have the same Holy Ghost living in you that I do in me. If you can go and have the same activities that you once had before you claimed that you got saved by the grace of God, and nothing bothers you, It could be that you have the form of godliness, but you're denying the power thereof. You understand, perhaps there's a young person here tonight. Oh, you look like a Christian, but you have no desire for the things of God. You act like a Christian, but you have no desire to draw close to God. You talk like a Christian. But you have no desire to listen to music about the blood of Jesus or be active in, your, in Christian activity. And it doesn't matter what everybody else sees or thinks about you during this life because at the end of this life you'll find out that man looks on the outward with appearance. But the God of heaven looks upon the heart. Jesus even said about one of his own pick, look at it in verse number 70. Look at it with me. Jesus answered them, have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil. He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. For he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. You understand, Jesus said about Judas, He said that it had been good if that man would have not been born. When Jesus said that, all the other disciples said, Lord, is it I? But none of the other disciples asked, was it Judas? But they said, Lord, is it I? You understand, Judas walked the walk, and Judas talked the talk. But Judas was lost and died and went to hell. Jesus said it would been good for that man if he had never been born. Talking about Judas. You ever thought about this? That man was a member of the first church, that man held a position in the church, that man saw miracles performed by Jesus. But that man died and went to hell. Messages have been preached about Judas throughout the years. He kissed the door to heaven and still died and went to hell. Young person, I know you're familiar with it. I know you've heard the question 10,000 times over. But I don't dare leave this place tonight without asking it one more time. Do you know That you know, that you know, for 100% sure that if you were to die tonight, that heaven would be your home. Do you leave meetings like this? Boy, everybody at the meeting thinks that you're saved, but you know good and well, when you lay your head on the pillow at night, you don't have the peace that passeth all understanding. You don't have that assurance if you were to take your last breath in the middle of the night that heaven would be your home. You may fake your friends. You may fake your youth director. You may fake those of us that preach this week. but You'll never fake the God of heaven that knows all. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed all across the meeting.